Welcome back to the Trav and Rigney Show. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm doing well. Um, the Eagles are 10-1. and one. Not, There's not a lot to complain about, you know? Except for all those penalties. On the other team, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're not getting any penalties. No, not not one single one. Uh, no. That's too funny. I, I saw that you I did, did like back. the math about that. Yeah, I saw you did the math about that on uh, on the internets there on on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it, and um, I couldn't tell if you noticed that if you noticed that the that it worked out in the enemies in the opponent's favor at first when you posted it. Yeah, my the purpose was not to be like, "Ha, look, Philly's not getting less penalties." The purpose was to show the discrepancy is not what everybody wants to complain as much about. Like everybody likes oh, to think that Philly gets big. one penalty and everybody else gets 10. Yeah. They're averaging less than two more penalties a game. They're opposing their opponents are and gotcha. it's like okay. 14 yards more. So like, cause then I was wondering when you said one it, game. Yeah. When you said it, I was looking at it where I was like, did he say this right? Or am I, am I misunderstanding the post? Because I feel like I feel like he would have posted this if the Eagles had uh, more penalties, but they have less. Did he post it right? Am yeah. I stupid? Am I trying to figure this out right? <laughs> no. I, so my my I didn't think because I watch every game. I didn't think that the difference in penalties was that bad. Not bad enough to warrant all all of the complaining that's been happening. So I did the math, mm-hmm. and I figured if I'm going to do the math, I might as well post it whether it it works in my favor for my argument or not because i mean i spent all the time going through and then when i got and then when i you know did everything out i'm like the discrepancy is not that big a deal and this this idea that philly is somehow paying officials or bribing them or i don't know whatever weird conspiracy people have about the eagles uh it's just not true and in fact there's only been there's been a couple of games where philly is actually i shouldn't say that it's almost a third each of games. Philly has less penalties games. Philly has more penalties and games where Philly has the exact same amount of penalties. It's like a third each one. Oh, really? Um, however, but the difference in penalties, like when Philly is penalized less, that difference is more stark than when they're called more. Um, but that number is inflated by the dolphins game. Because the Dolphins had ten penalties that game, and Philly had zero. So zero penalties—is that even possible? I've been watching the Jets team all season, and I don't think it's possible. Uh, so yeah, that game, Philly had zero penalties for zero yards. Miami had ten for seventy. What was the Jets game? I can tell you every. The Eagles Jets had game. to have had more. The Jets. Jets had to have had more penalties. The Jets Eagles game. Yeah. Uh, Philly had five penalties for 46 yards. The Jets had nine penalties for 68 yards. Okay. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Honestly. No, the Buffalo um, one, right. the Buffalo one wasn't great, but, but it, I don't think it was enough to warrant the whining that's been, that's been happening. Cause there were a lot of miss. I watched a whole game. Obviously, everybody did, but there was a lot of missed calls on both sides. And Buffalo did have eleven penalties for eighty yards, and Philly only had four for thirty. But like, yeah, 
Jake Elliott hit a 60 yard field goal. It's not like the, the rest didn't help that. us with that. You know what I mean? And then Philly did drive all the way down the field in overtime. That happened too. So, no, I don't there's think. So many, I mean, there's only so many excuses you can make. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm not going to see the same people complaining that you're going to see complaining probably because you're on Eagles Twitter and I'm not. Um, so, you're going to see a lot of that probably with mentions and whatever. Um, I will say though that I will say though that um, from the the parts of the game that I watched, I certainly didn't see anything that would warrant any complaints. Um, and you would you would texted the the group text or the group uh, chat about a certain uh, horse collar saying that somebody sh- what was that about? Because I missed that. I wasn't watching the game at that point. Uh, Hassan Reddick. So Josh Allen was scrambling out to his right, and mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick had a hold of his jersey in the front, trying to bring him down. And Josh Allen was just sort of like refusing to go down, and they weren't blowing the whistle at all. Like it was, he was either going to throw it away, and it was going to be intentional grounding because he was never going to get it back to the line of scrimmage, or yeah. he was just going to get sacked. And they didn't blow the whistle, so Hassan Reddick just continued to twirl him, and then like in an attempt to hold him by the back of the jersey without like actually throwing him like a cartoon. Uh, yeah. He got yeah. spun around like, like actually like he literally spun him and then threw him to the ground and Josh Allen threw it. And instead of calling horse collar, they called intentional grounding because he threw it and it didn't go back to the line of scrimmage. And then the live broadcast was, was like, you know, the official that they have on to, to make the Dean Blandino the audience an idea of what penalties. I don't remember if it was him or not, but um, he said it probably was a horse collar there, but then like at the end, at the end of the game, you had all these, like these different uh, analysts that were like, well, he, while he did get the hand on the back of the Jersey, it's like anywhere. Usually guys will get called if the hand is anywhere near the nameplate. He's like, but he didn't get inside the shoulder pads. Like people are complaining. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what I thought, but they're like, but this is that, can still be that's called. That's what I said. Essentially, right? nameplate. Yeah, that's what I said. Essentially, yeah, they're like if, it's basically if if their hand is near the nameplate at all, um, then that they usually call it just because. But, well, so the but the one guy was saying like usually, in in the case of how Hassan Reddick tackled Josh Allen, that one mm-hmm. doesn't usually get called because his hand wasn't inside, didn't grasp the back of the shoulder pads. So the only time right. it usually gets called with the hand at the nameplate is when they do that really cringy. They grab him by the back and they yank them backwards when they're running away, and the dude's like bent backwards kind of thing. Yep, that always gets called even when they don't grab the inside of the thing because that's how guys get hurt. He's like, so I, he's like, I don't know what the officials thought there if like it didn't warrant the horse collar because he certainly did. It, if it's not a horse collar, then it certainly is intentional grounding because obviously he didn't make it back past the line of scrimmage. But mm-hmm. like this could have went either way. I probably would have called it a horse collar, and then he he just went on after that. He didn't really dwell on it the way that the Bills fans did after that. Yeah, I mean the Bills fans are going to look at any you know any single non call or call that would have benefited them, and then just been like, well, you know, the game was so close. If this one thing was changed, who knows what could have happened? Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me in that game. Uh, was the the biggest like penalty discrepancy since that's the biggest thing in this game that people are talking about was that Philly had less penalties and um, the 
that was in the first half, right? Because Philly got Philly yeah. out penalized Buffalo in the second half, right? And that's when the comeback happened. So it's almost like yeah. counterintuitive to be like Philly got away with murder there when they they were the more penalized team in the second half, and that is when they came back and won. So yeah, it's when sort they of made like their comeback exactly doesn't make any sense. It's a very weird dynamic. It, it's I, certainly strange. I, I was. Know. I was really stressed out watching this game because, um, and this is just the sort of thought that I will have when we pick the Eagles Niners game later. Um, is that Philly's draw? They're just not playing great football in the first half, but they 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 adjust really well, and I really love that. I would just I just wish that they would adjust sooner so that we're not down ten points at halftime every game. That would be great. Yeah, during the Jets' little winning streak that we had there, that was exactly their problem, is that they would come out real cold. Uh, even defensively, they would come out pretty cold, allow a couple possessions worth of points, whether that had been two touchdowns or three field goals or whatever the case may have been. And then second half would come. It's basically what we did to, to you guys, where it was, you know, I think it was like 14-3 or something like that, really quick, 14 nothing or whatever it was. And then... You guys only scored 14 for the whole game because like the defense came on real strong in the second half. Offense played a little bit better, just good enough to get more points. And that's how we won. But th that's essentially what the Jets were doing during the during that winning streak there. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, speaking of Eagles quickly. Uh, they have quite the gauntlet coming up. You guys got the Niners and then is it the Cowboys again after that? Yep. We're, we're more than halfway through the original really bad gauntlet. So, yeah, no, you guys are still crushing it, but it's still, you know, it's still, I mean, it, I guess it's nice knowing that, like, okay, you're halfway through what was supposed to be the worst part of your season and obviously unscathed. Um, so at this point, you're kind of just, you're kind of just like, you can afford to lose some games. You know what I mean? What do you have a two game? You have a two game lead, right, on second place in the NFC. Yeah, uh, San Francisco Niners, is right? two is two right now. So even if Philly loses to San Fran this weekend, Philly's still in first. Um, the, originally, the gauntlet was it was um, we had Miami, and then there was Washington. In whoa, 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 whoa! The Jets. Well, you could say the Jets since we <laughs> lost to the Jets. Yeah, I know, but they uh, weren't considered that. No, they weren't. Oh, well, they were when Rodgers was playing. They were part of that gauntlet. Yeah. Um, and, and really, it was, it, it, I guess you could say it started with the Rams in because the Rams are supposed to be good as well. But the gauntlet as it is post-Rodgers injury, because the Jets would have been a part of that. If Not that it matters. We lost to the Jets anyway, but... It was Miami and then Washington and then Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, that stretch has now been Philly beat Miami, beat Washington, beat Dallas, beat Kansas City, beat Buffalo. And then we have the Niners this weekend. So we only have two more games of this supposed gauntlet. And I say supposed because Tyler and I had a conversation about how Philly was going to do in this gauntlet before it happened. Mm -hmm. And I said, we're going to probably lose at least two of those games. And I was like, are you going to, are you okay if we lose two? He's like, if we only lose two, then I'm good. Cause those are great teams. I'm like, yeah, me too. And now we're at a point where there's only two games left in this gauntlet. Right. We could potentially lose them both. I kind of don't think we will, but who do you think uh, you, who like, would you 
give the odds to that, that you would lose the Niners or the Cowboys? Uh, the, oh, the, the Niners. Okay. I think we're, but for different reasons, I think if San Francisco beats us this weekend, it not only is it because they're just playing more, they're just playing a way cleaner style football. Um, mm-hmm. But they, you could tell just by like social media and like, cause I'm all over Eagles Twitter and stuff, but I see even like on like sports center, this game means way more to San Francisco than it does to Philadelphia. And whenever that's the case and both teams are really good, one of the teams comes in and just sort of, as soon as they get down, they, they stop really, they take more emotion out of it than the other team. Uh, I don't necessarily know that San Francisco is going to win the game, but you could tell that they, they want it. At least it feels this to me this way that they, they want it more than Philly does. They, well, this they is their, really hungry for this. this is their revenge game, right? Because they're like, Oh, if, yeah. if Brock Purdy never got hurt, like we would have went to the Super Bowl and lost to the chiefs instead of you guys. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I could definitely see where they definitely want it more. Cause, yeah. cause for the Eagles, it's just kind of like, okay, it's just another game at this point. Well, Philly it is, but I, it has more to it than that. This is, I would, I would nudge just it's closer to a division game than I would like a regular playing. Like this isn't like playing the Rams. We played the Rams. That was just another game. Right. This is closer to being a division opponent because even though Philly is not necessarily as concerned with it as San Fran might be, this is still a very it's it's become like a rivalry now. I don't really like that because I, I I hate the 49ers. But <laughs> yeah. They just it, that's just what it is now. It's just been made that way. And I keep thinking because Philly or San Francisco is the favorite. They're the favorites in this game even though it's Philly is the better record and they're at home. San Francisco, yeah, they're, favorite by two, they're the think, favorite. Right? And I keep thinking about like, I think it's two and a half now, but the Yahoo line is two because it comes out on Monday or whatever. Oh, gotcha. um, but Philly, yeah, I keep trying to think of like, what, what happened in this game, right? If Philly wins, how did they win? And I, I envision a scenario where they win a lot. Like they've won the last couple of weeks against the good teams or they're, they're sort of down the team winning maybe gets a little complacent or they don't adjust as well as Philly does in the second half. And then Philly storms down in the second half and pulls off a three point or six point victory. And you're like, how did we get here? How did we let Philly do this again? Cause at some point it's just, it's not luck. Cause I keep seeing that a lot too. Uh, like skip Bayless crying about it being luck. Like luck is like one, maybe two luck's not five games in a row. I mean, you know, right. don't storm back from the half four games in a row. I think it was actually, I feel like that's not luck anymore. It's just a, it's a team adjusting well in the second half. I think the Eagles match up really well against the 49ers because the 49ers heavily lean on the run game or the quote unquote like run through the air game of like the short passes and stuff like that. And I think the Philip that's kind of the Eagles' uh, strong point on defense. Um, so if, if they can stop CMC in any capacity at all even just slow him down to like what a normal running back would do against you guys on a normal day. Um, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to beat you guys through the air for like 303 touchdowns. So then they have to keep up with Jalen Hurts in that offense. Yeah. I'm not as like nervous for the game as I thought I would be simply because of how much like San Fran has been building it up. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not question though. Would you be more nervous? 
Would you be way more nervous though if you guys were six and five instead of ten and one? Ten, I think that gives you a cushion to not be nervous. Yeah, for sure. If this was a must-win game, I would be sweating bullets because San Fran is so good. This would be bad. I would be terrified right now. But yes, ten and one makes that buffer. It just makes you more relaxed because you don't want to lose, especially to a team you hate. But like, if you do, you still are the first seed. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. You want to be the number yeah. one seed. I don't know what that feels like. What's it feel like? Does it feel nice? Do it you, does do feel nice, it? but I'm I'm falling into this trap now, which I feel like probably happens a lot when you're a fan of a team that is having an, an exceptional season. Is I am finding myself just incoherently defending the Eagles on all platforms because now, yeah. now that you're when your team is this good, people like need to find reasons why you're not actually that good. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm like going out of my way to like comment on things. And I just keep falling into this, just like over emotional trap of like getting into arguments with random people on TikTok. And I'm like, <laughs> the Eagles are 10 and one. I don't know why I'm worried about why other non NFL oh, people person. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because like I, yeah. the Eagles are the Eagles are obviously good and they play they look bad sometimes but they still win which is nice and I just I want everybody else to see them as good as I see them and I, you just have to come to terms with the idea that people there are people who are just indifferent they're like great it's another football team and they're good this year and then there are people who who genuinely dislike the Eagles like any other team. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had conversations with people who just straight up hate the Jets. Um, passion. I Kind of, I guess. It's weird, dude. I don't think the Jets have ever really been in the position of, like, power, right? So nobody, like the Eagles right now, a ton of teams in the NFL don't like the Eagles because they're good. And they've been good for at least, what, four or five? When did they win the Super Bowl? 2017? They've been good since then. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been like yeah. winning back to back Super Bowls and that kind of good, but they've been good enough to be relevant since then. And so when you have a team that's good for that long and uh, as dominant as they've been throughout this regular season and last regular season, yeah, I think you're just going to get people that just hate on them because that's what everybody did with the Patriots. That's what everybody does with the Yankees. That's what everybody does with the the Astros, you know what I mean? Like when, when teams are that good, it's what everybody did with the uh, Warriors. When teams are that good, it's just like, you want other teams to be better. Yeah. It's like, will somebody just beat the Eagles? You know what yeah. I mean? That's what I keep reminding myself of. It's like, it's the hate is more because you're good and teams, yeah. people just need reasons to think that you're not as good. Um, it's like respect hate, you know, it's I, like, I do it though. Be okay with that. Yeah, and you know why I think else sometimes it, it bothers me sometimes is because I do my very best to not like talk shit. In fact, I think I do a really great job. I ne- I almost never talk shit to people unless it's like headache. Who he totally brings that on himself. I n- am never the first one to talk shit to headache. It's always him first. He'll just show me some texts, um, just like random texts of like just headache. He'll just be saying stuff to you for absolutely no yeah, reason. Bust in my bag. Like even if it's just like about fantasy, like he just finds a reason, but like RJ does it to me too. Cause RJ has got like, 
these douchebag friends from Philly who are mm. diehard, you know, the, the, the diehard Eagles fans from Philly, like the asshole kind. And yeah, they text one of them in Clifton Park. all the time in this, in their, in their NHL chat, in Clifton Park, in their <laughs> NHL chat that they have. And it, so like they, he's constantly like yelling, you know, at RJ about it. So whenever I see RJ, he immediately has to like bust my bag about the Eagles. I'm like, I have said nothing to you ever about the Raiders or anything. Why do you feel the need to talk your shit to me about the Eagles? It's also just so weird. I'm sorry. I'm in this group with these dudes. It's also just so random when people of teams of like the Raiders want to make fun of Eagles fans. Like check yourself out. Just leave, please. I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The other thing I, I will be reminding people of though, this year, um, making mental notes was last year with the biggest thing against the Eagles were like, you didn't play anybody. They had the number one schedule, the hard number one, most difficult schedule this year. That was mm-hmm. without question. It was the number one, most difficult schedule. So they're 10 and one through 11 games, 12 weeks. You know That's I mean? uh, just, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Off. Pretty impressive. You can't really, you can't really say anything about that now. You know what I mean? Um, no. Well, All right. Let's. The argument you'll hear is, are they that good? Uh, has their schedule been that good though? Are those teams as to be? It's like, well, yeah, most of them have been. Yeah, most of them. I mean, have you guys played Dallas in Dallas yet, or was that game in Philly? No, that's next weekend. The, the one we beat them was in Philly. Okay. Well, I was gonna say Dallas uh, at. This is wild, by the way. I don't know if you had heard this, but Dallas is averaging forty points at home this year. That's crazy. Yeah. I suppose that's what happens when you play the Giants twice. And um, <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, uh, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can do that. You were just saying that that was the biggest knock against the Eagles last year and you hated it. Yeah. So, yeah. So now you're saying it about but the they were, If they year. were one of the ones doing it. Well, because now the, <laughs> because now the Eagles have, the hardest schedule and the Cowboys do not. And then, and I don't want to hear it anymore. That's sort okay, of, that's fair. I, I have a certain bias. You know what I mean? Like I don't go out of my way to, to say things to people who never say things to me. I only go out of my way to say things to people who felt the need to say something first. So I, I'll, okay. I'll, I get I'll, you. I'll, so, so you're going to so you're, you'll make fun of the Cowboys um, all day then. Cause that that's what they do. But are they the, they're the worst fans on Twitter? No, I think the Eagles fans are the worst on Twitter. From just from what I've seen, I have to imagine Philly is the worst. They have the they're the worst fans in real life, and I have to imagine they're the worst fans on social media. See, I didn't I, think you bought that into has that to be the case because I've seen. I didn't, I didn't think you bought into that whole Philly is the worst fan base thing. They're up there. I mean, I don't know about the worst. They're up there. They got to be top three. I mean, I witnessed it. You know what I mean? I witnessed. Like I've witnessed some. Just e- I mean, they, they've had a jail in that stadium obnoxious. for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stadiums did, though. And a lot of those stadiums just don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, Philly did. Um, Like all right, the so, Oakland Coliseum. Oh, yeah, true. True, true, true. Yeah, because the Raiders fans are nuts, too. 
Um, <laughs> all right. So so quickly, let's let's uh, let's talk about the Jets. And I when I say quickly, I mean very quickly because I don't want to really I don't really want to do the, do this anymore. What do you mean, man? There's um, big news. Oh yeah, dude. Rogers is coming back. Um, he's been cleared well, to practice. Well. He was at practice today. They opened up his 21 day window to return to playing. Um, here's the issue is, uh, why, uh, the jets are essentially out of, you know, playoff contention. They're not officially out of playoff contention. Like mathematically they can make it, but here's the thing with math, right? Is there's variables and, uh, variables are important because, uh, the the Jets actually need to win games, and they can't do that. So they're pretty much out of playoff contention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, but they 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 are potentially going to win some games. Don't sugarcoat this. Don't sugarcoat this, man. You understand Here's that the they deal, have man. Tim Boyle playing quarterback for them, right? The Boyle is playing. The Boyle. Here, I have been the biggest naysayer of Rodgers coming back, right? I have this is this is factual. It can be you can go back and listen to me saying it. But when the team opens a 21 day window, I can't imagine an NFL franchise would do something like that unless they were confident that that was a real possibility. So the the Jets are not mathematically eliminated yet. That that's another factual that we know. I can't imagine that they're not going to at least try. They have to try. I understand Boyle is who he, he is. And I think Zach Wilson would have played get better against Miami than Boyle did. But I think there's there's room or reason to be optimistic here. Okay, man. That sounds great. Let me know when you find out the reasons. <laughs> Just give <laughs> and me I'd be reasons. glad to listen. No, 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 no. You said some crazy stuff that I could vaguely agree with if I didn't know anything about football. All the things I said were factual. All of them. The Jets <laughs> are not mathematically eliminated. The 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 Jets opened a 20 day, 21 day window for Aaron Rodgers, which means the only reason they would do that is if that were a possibility for him to actually play. Those two things are true story, real life. Yeah. Those aren't things I yeah. made up. Those are real life things. I didn't say you made them up. I just said that they're Okay. Well, all right. Here's the deal: is uh, the Jets have an offensive line that nobody could play quarterback behind. Um, I just dropped the ping pong ball. I don't know if you heard that or not. Uh, they have an offensive line that nobody could play football behind. They have wide receivers that can't catch the ball, or when they do, they fumble it. They have a running back that is now averaging about two yards per carry behind that atrocious offensive line. The only way that he ever gets yardage is if the quarterback can pass it to him which they can't because the offensive line is so bad they have a play caller that has no idea what he's doing um the defense is great and that ends the positives for the jets no thomas morstead is is good he's a good punter and their kicker's been pretty solid other than that it's been awful um i can't imagine we beat the falcons um this week can't imagine we beat the texans the week after that can't imagine we beat the Commanders the week after that and then have uh, Rodgers come back. It's going to be rough. What if you win all three of those? Then I guess Rodgers will come back and we will be 7-7 seven and, seven, uh, and, and, you know, 
the Jets uh, will be off. Will will be on life support still. I think. All right. Well, I then let me ask you this question: Why, why even open the twenty-one day practice window if there'd be zero reason to bring him back? Oh, oh, I don't think there's zero reason to come back. I think the biggest reason to come back is that uh, Rogers wants to just prove that he can do what medically hasn't been done before. Uh, I think that's number one. Uh, he's a little bit of an egomaniac. I don't know if you've ever met him. Um, I haven't, but <laughs> I assume he's a bit of an egomaniac. Uh, number two is uh, Robert Sala came out and said this today when they uh, announced that his 21 window was 21 day window was open is that this doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to play for the team, but this is just part of him coming back. This is part of his recovery is that, he can get back out onto the uh, onto the practice field and start doing some actual football things. So, um, I think that I think he's just going to practice. I don't know if like if the Jets aren't in it, there's really no point in him risking re-injury this late in the season for a team that has no shot to make the playoffs. Also, his line is so bad. How is he? He's going to die. Like dead. Maybe they'll play better because it's him. I don't think you can just channel that. I don't think you can be the worst offensive line in the NFL and be like, we have a better quarterback now. We should probably step it up. You know, are they the worst? I thought commanders were the worst. I mean, they might be, but God, dude, the Jets are so bad now. So bad. And they weren't great before, you know, but they're real bad now. Yeah, well, so I don't know. I can't believe we'll, you're, we'll you're making me be the one op- who's optimistic. It's it's over. We can't. I can't be optimistic anymore, man. <laughs> I don't wear the Jets hat in public anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't wear it's the over. Jets hat in public. Yeah, it's crazy. They can't make me do it. Um, I watched the butt fumble, and the very next day, I went out in public with a Jets hat on. And somebody said, I wouldn't be wearing that if I were you. And I said, am I just going to magically run into a butt? Why wouldn't I wear this? And then they're like, that was a pretty bad beatdown yesterday. And I said, yeah, but I'm still a Jets fan. And I'll always still be a Jets fan. I'm not just like some fair weather fan. Um, After that Buffalo game, man, I'm like, you know what? This is probably the worst offense I've ever seen. And I'm not wearing the hat anymore. Now, like the worst part about the Jets season being over is that every morning before I went to work, I just had to make sure my hair looked okay, which was something I wasn't doing all during football season because I could yeah. just throw the Jets hat on. Now, it's an the adjustment Jets are making me spend more time in the morning getting ready. That's crazy. That's crazy that that's what my, that's what happens in my life. Is that depending on how bad my football team is, I have to get up earlier. crazy uh have you seen these guys on tiktok who are like it's like when two bros are on the same page and it's like oh man we totally shouldn't go out to a restaurant tonight and it turns the camera and a dude's looking over he's like <laughs> yeah you ever seen these videos yeah um that's what i do for eagles games um when they the first couple of drives and they look terrible i'm like I'm like all right that was it. You've had you've seen all the looks now. Now let's play some real offense. And then uh 
and then um um, they'll do something awful. Hurts will throw an interception or somebody will drop one that's a pick or somebody will fumble. And I'm like, that's it. I'm not watching this trash anymore. And I'll turn it off and immediately pull up the ESPN game <laughs> thing where I'm just watching yeah, it. Yeah, like I'm not watching. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. <laughs> do your thing. Like, uh, I, I don't know when I realized that's what I was doing. Like, I'm not watching this trash anymore. And I literally turn off the TV just to watch the little thing ESPN has up there with just the little dots on the football field. Yeah. And I'm like, this is pathetic. This is, this is not, this isn't what not watching is. Dude, I, I mean, I turned off the game. I turned off that Bills game. It was just, it was bad. I couldn't watch anymore. I turned it off. It was it was not good. The Dolphins game was just like there's no other game on. Might as well watch this one. Um, yeah. So yeah, I watched that one. But that one was more like comedy. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's gotten to the point now. Like it's it's that late in the season where now New York Jets football is just a comedy show. So it's just like okay, cool. Like at least I'm laughing. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels good to laugh. If the Jets were in position, uh, if the Jets were in position to to take a quarterback early, do you think they would do that with Rogers still there? No, I don't because I don't think the regime. Like I don't think it makes sense for this regime to do that. Um, I think at this point, this regime is banking on Rogers to solve all their problems, and if he doesn't, then everybody's gone. Rogers. Uh, Sala, JD, they're all gone. So some people so are saying like, oh, give you... some people are saying like, oh, so Ro- like Sala might get fired after this year. And I'm like, no, that would be, uh, that wouldn't make any sense to me because I think you have to let him get a year with Rogers. Um, would that not give you like, or doesn't it give you this feeling of impending doom then? Because even if Rogers comes back and plays like really great next year, like the way you thought he was going to this year, how, like, how many more years really does he have left? So at some I point you he have has... to start building for the future, even with Rogers still there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think, but here's the deal is I think that depending on how they do next year is going to be, that's going to be what dictates uh, how much further Sala and JD's leash will get. You know what I mean? Like how much longer their leash will get. Because if, if Woody Johnson can see like, okay, the plan that they put in place was obviously put on hold due to Rogers uh, injury. Um, If their plan had worked, let's see how well it would have done. Um, So, I think that they I think that they just have to wait. Like I think they're just handicapped by the fact that everything was so re- like relying on Rodgers to just be healthy. And the fact that he wasn't, like I said, it just kind of put everything up in the air for an entire year. Um however, I don't think that Rodgers would have solved this offensive issue simply because he's Rodgers. I think the uh, the offensive line just completely getting destroyed by injuries uh, did not help. I think um, I think that we desperately need a good wide receiver too because Alan Lazard is not it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, maybe the Nate Hackett thing wouldn't be that bad because it's Rodgers and he could just kind of call his own plays. That's what I'm assuming kind of would have happened. 
Um, but other, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's so hard to just play like the what if game and think, you know, what would have happened just because it's kind of impossible to know that. That's going to be one of the biggest what ifs I think yeah. in NFL history is if, what if Rogers never got hurt? Cause his defense is playing at a Super Bowl level. Yeah. I, I just have concern because Rogers isn't getting young younger and he's a man who just tore an Achilles even if he's doing some sort of superhuman recovery the even with its current management in place as an owner of an NFL franchise you have to think to yourself my superstar quarterback does not have all that many years left I need to have something in place for when he inevitably is not here just so uh, this team isn't an absolute train wreck simply because Aaron Rodgers retired. Like it just doesn't seem like a smart it's, business decision to have oh, no, no it's fallback. Not, it's not smart. I mean, look, no fallback. I mean, you talk about no fallback. Look at the, going into the year fans wanted a, a solid QB two and wanted Wilson to be QB three. Instead uh, QB two was Wilson. QB three is Tim Boyle of all people. So you're just, which I feel like I, I I do do a lot on Tim Boyle, but that man should not be he should not be a like quarterback in the NFL backup or whatever. Like he she's he's not good. Number one, he's never been good. Number two, uh, he'll never be good. Number three. So uh, I don't know. Have you seen his college stats? I, I posted him on Twitter a little bit ago. And then I think uh, our boy Gaz uh, kind of like reposted uh, my tweet. Saying like, yeah, dude, this this man should never be, should never be in the league. It's it's all about who you know, I guess, and that's why he uh, he shunned you at the Jets game, though. Like he knows, I really do think, dude. Like he looked at me in a funny way. He he kind of was like, I was like, Tim, Tim, right here, pass me the ball, Tim, and he's just like, mm, I don't think so, buddy. I Which know you. I know. I know your stupid caricature on your Twitter looks just like your real face, and I'm not throwing you the ball. I think it does. I think this. I think the stupid caricature on. How did you say that word? Car- caricatures. Nailed it. Uh, it, does like, it does look more like me than uh, than you would think. So I, I think he noticed, and he was just like, "Oh, that's that. That's that dude that said that thing. I'm not throwing him the ball at all." And he threw literally everybody else except for Eric around me the ball. But Eric was holding his phone and taking a video of the whole thing. He wasn't going to throw Eric the ball. I just imagine a world where Tim Boyle has just got like your Twitter profile on his wall with like a bullseye. And (laughs) he just goes home and throws darts at it. He probably misses it. All day. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine. He's just like, I can't even be accurate with the thing that doesn't move on my wall. Uh, anyway, enough Tim Boyle bashing. We'll see more of that against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Feel free to pick up and start their defense in fantasy, and you'll have uh, double digits for sure. Anyway, uh, enough about the Jets. We talked enough about the Jets. I don't want to talk more about the Jets. Let's get into this week's game. Let's start with the Thursday night game. We got, uh, what do we got? for a Thursday night game. We got the we got the Cowboys taking on who? The Seahawks. The Seahawks. Well, hold on though. We oh, actually some, we actually before we get into it here first. Yeah, I was just going to say before we get into it, we got some records to talk about. Go ahead. 
So uh, we missed two weeks there. And so we did pick the games the last show. And then so there's one week of where we picked them and then another week where I took the ATS for us. Uh, yes. Given those two things, our current records stand at Rigney is 99, 81, and 1. The 1 being the mm-hmm. Buffalo and the Philly push. Yes. Um, I am 94, 86, and 1. So you have five Ooh. game lead on me going into week 13. That is a sexy um, lead. Bad news gets worse here for me, but also bad news for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, some would say, terrible in the locks. We are not great. Uh, well, we went 0-3 for our three. If I could interrupt you for a second, we're forcing ourselves to pick the we underdogs may. here. So so go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Um, which is, I suppose, if I if if you you know give give us a little bit of leeway in that we're we're having to pick the underdogs, it's not so bad. But you are three and seven in underdog lock picks, mm-hmm. and I am an even worse two and eight. Oh, but so, just barely worse. We're still in the same hemisphere. Buddy. Yeah, just barely worse. Which is weirdly a theme of my life. I'm like just barely worse than the next worst person. Um, I don't know where that stems from. Uh, so <laughs> it's just it's a theme. It's a theme I've seen with certain things. Uh, week ten though was our um, nope. Week ten. Week eleven was last week. We you yep. went eight seven and one and I went seven eight and one. So where I was playing really well against the spread earlier this year, I have not been doing very well the last like six weeks. So well let's uh let's turn it around, buddy. Um all right, so we're good to start with the games now. Yeah, uh yes. Seattle at Dallas. Dallas is nine point home favorites. Okay, this one I'm going to go. Cowboys for sure are going to win this game. I actually think that they probably cover. I don't think that the Seahawks defense is good enough to stop uh, Dallas at home. What do you think? Uh, I have Dallas winning for sure. I actually think Seattle is going to cover here. Okay, difference of opinion. Uh, It doesn't matter for what we're doing, but that's fine. Uh, keep in mind, we have to have we have to pick three locks this week. I have already picked mine, and I will signify to you when we get to the games that I picked. But uh, we do have to pick three to make up to be you know where to be caught up to where we are. Yeah, I got you. This is we have. It's going to be tough for me, but I'll figure it out. We have Indianapolis at Tennessee. The Colts are one point road favorites. I think this is a good spot to pick a lock. I just feel so strongly that the Colts are going to win that I'm not going to waste it here. So I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, that was exactly my thought process. I felt like this was a good spot to take the underdog, but I just really feel like the Colts are going to get the dub, even without Jonathan Taylor, because Zach Moss is a beast. Can you shut um, up about that? Sorry, I forgot you're playing Cody and he is Zach Moss because I had Jonathan Taylor and now I don't have Jonathan Taylor and he does Zach Moss. Uh, the Chargers at the Patriots. The Chargers are six-point road favorites. Um. Okay, so... Um, man. I'm not picking the Patriots. I'm going Chargers. I was just going to say, like, is this is this one where... Because, like, the, the Chargers 
coach is awful, right? We can all agree that Staley sucks. Yeah. Okay. We could definitely all agree that he sucks. But the Patriots also kind of sucks, right? Not kind of. They're one of the they, worst teams they in the league. They suck worse. More. Yeah, 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 yeah. They suck worse and more. So the issue then becomes... No, there's no issue. I'm picking the I'm picking the Chargers. All right, yeah, I'm picking the Chargers. Same. Man, that was rough. I almost didn't do it. Um I, I heard an interesting little little uh soundbite from Cam Newton this week that after Tepper fired Frank Reich in Carolina, that the only reason that he would do something like that with a first year head coach with a rookie quarterback that he was going about selecting was if he felt very confident that he would who that he was going to land his next head coach and needed to do so needed to be in a position to make that happen sooner than later uh cam newton is very confident that tepper is going to go after bill belichick oh god i don't know where cam newton is getting his information from but well him and bill go back um you know way back obviously and he played for the Panthers. I don't know if Tepper was the owner when he played there, but I don't think so. I think Tepper's a new I ownership. I think Tepper is the new owner, newer owner. I don't know. Actually, we should probably look into that. I'm not going to, but maybe at some point in my no, life, I I'll look either. that up. Because the reality is, I, I actually don't really care that much. I don't. I definitely don't care. I definitely don't care about it at all. <laughs> uh yeah but anyway uh <laughs> the the detroit lions are at the new orleans saints the, the lions are minus four they are four point road favorites against the new orleans saints man again i just feel like this is a decent spot to pick an underdog but it's not going to happen for me i'm going to go with the lions i want i'd rather get all the games right you know yeah you have a five game lead you want to hang on to that I do. I'd I'd like that. I'd like to hold that. I should hold on to that. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons are two and a half point. Wait, you didn't say who you were picking. It's at the New York Jets. Oh, I'm taking the Lions as well. I'm sorry. Okay. I was like, I did I miss that? All right, cool. Yeah, the so NFC South the is Lions. terrible, dude. I don't I don't think I don't I can't even believe one of those teams has to make the playoffs. It's so bad. Um but the, the the Atlanta Falcons are two and a half point road favorites against the New York Jets. Oh man, this line is too small. It's it's a little baby line. I'm taking the Falcons far and away. Um, I think okay. Bijan's going to have a crazy game. I'd love it. Uh, I'd love it to take the Jets here. I can't though. I just can't because I think the Jets are bad, and they're they're even more bad than the Falcons are bad. I think, and I think that's how games are worked out. So, which team is more bad? That team usually loses. Uh, so I actually think this is my first lock. I'm taking the New York Jets Don't at do home. This to me. Don't to do this to be, me. To upset the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Arthur Smith is an actual moron. Uh, he has no idea what he's doing out there. Even when his best player is is dominating, he still refuses to give him goal line touches for some reason. Uh, the only way Bijan Robinson can score is if he gets the ball from the forty yard line or further. So, 
Uh, I don't think he has any idea what he's doing out there. I think the Jets defense is so elite that they don't even really have to do much because because Desmond Ritter is he basically plays for the other team's defense every week anyway. So it, mm-hmm. it's just going to make the Jets' life a lot easier. And I think the Falcons are a very poorly coached team, and I don't think the Jets are. And despite the Jets being pretty abysmal on offense, the Jets' defense is going to score more points in both teams' offenses. So let's go Jets. J-E-T-S. Pretty abysmal has, has been the, the nicest way anybody's ever described the Jets' offense, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, All right, yeah, I'm definitely going Falcons here. I know I already said that, but I just need to reiterate that the Jets are going to lose and probably by, like, 14 points. 17 to 3. Uh, All right. What's the next game? The... Arizona Cardinals are at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are five and a half point home favorites. Holy crap, dude. Yahoo consensus is at 79.6% on the Steelers. I'm going Cardinals, and that's my lock. That's lock number one. Cardinals Um, v. Steelers here. And that's your lock number two, right? Yeah, it is also my lock. I I don't have any idea. Idea, first of all, why this line is this way. These I understand the Steelers offense did a little bit better without Matt Canada, but this is gonna oh, be first I think 400 yard game, game back like 17 years. I made up yeah. that number, but um, first 400 yard game in a while. Uh it, it is something wild though, like first 400 yard game in 30 something games. That's insane. Yeah, that's like three years, roughly. I think math. I um Two years. Yeah, I'm taking the cards here, and it's one of my locks. So that's two of my locks out of the way. Are you locking the cards as well? Probably, right? I am. Yep, yep. Locked them up. Jail time, buddy. The Miami Dolphins are at the Washington Commanders. The Dolphins are nine and a half point road favorites. This one, I'm surprised the line isn't higher. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the Dolphins' firepower on offense. The their defense has been playing a lot better, although. Uh, Jalen, whatever his name is, uh, tore his Achilles last week against the Jets. So he's obviously out. Um, I'm going Dolphins to win and cover here. Very nice. I am going Dolphins to win the game. I don't know about covering because 10 points basically is, is quite a bit. And the Commanders had a top five passing offense up until like two weeks ago. Last week. So... And the Dolphins can be scored on. So this game could be really high scoring. Um, The Denver Broncos are at the Houston Texans. The Texans are three and a half point home favorites. Uh, The hottest team in the league, Denver Broncos. Hi, I'm picking the Broncos as my lock against the Texans here. And we are in lockstep. I am also taking the Broncos as my last lock. Look at that, dude. They're the hottest team. They're the hottest team in football right now, other than the Eagles. And well, they, they are playing more games in a much better. Eagles. It's five. They're right? both on five-game win streaks. Are they? I thought the Eagles yeah. were on four. Hey, you're an Eagles fan, dude. You would know. I'm not questioning you. I'm just asking you the question. I uh, well, I mean, you you might be right. I just saw the thing the other day. It might have just been a be about the month of November. Maybe I'm thinking of, but oh, either way, dude, hottest team in the league. Yeah, I'm, I'm also taking the Broncos. Broncos. They're playing well. Um, 
But I would love to see the Texans win this game because I think Sean Payton is kind of a douche. Um, oh, yeah. The, um, I also don't like Sean Payton. Can, can we do one more thing while we're on it? Can we officially make the Texans yeah. the team of the show? Oh, you beat me to it, dude. I almost wrote just the Texans here. I have team of the show. Like, this was the week we were doing it, and I almost just wrote Texans there because I assumed you were going to be on board. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to wait to see what he says first, but I would really think we should just do the Texans. So look at yeah. us. Look at us. Here we are. We're Texans it. fans now. I, You know what? And I think part of it yes, may or may not have to do with me having CJ Stroud and Tank Dell on my fantasy team, so they've become something to root for. However, I, I guess CJ I picked Stroud on my team. Yahoo fantasy they- yeah, he's been fantastic. Yeah, no, again, okay. we talked about it last week. We talked about it last week and there or two weeks ago, I guess, and there's no way he's not winning rookie of the year. So that's cool for him. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, in the, the Godzilla League, dude. Uh my team's name is Fields of Dreams, but CJ Stroud has been my quarterback for weeks now. In Fields so it should be it should be bench. uh so it should be Strouds of Dreams now. Or if, uh, fields of Strout, Strout, CJ. I like your team name the way it is. It's cool. Fields of Dreams is cool because I have Justin Fields, so it still works. But I was thinking about changing it to Take It in Stroud. But that's cool too. But it yet. also, yeah, okay. Um, what's it? Wait, what's the next game? We are you're uh, the we Carolina Panthers, Texans, right? Or we both said Broncos. I mean, no, we right? both said Broncos. Yeah, that's right. And you're locking the Broncos, right? That's your second one? Yes, second. Yep. Okay. The Carolina Panthers are at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are five and a half point home favorites. Are you are you sketched out by this line at all? Yeah, because the Bucs are bad. And I don't know how they're almost six point favorites. Even against the worst team in the league. I, just, I don't really... I don't get it. Okay, you went the other way on that one. I thought they would have been like seven and a half. Um, a theme I've noticed, though, is whenever a team fires their head coach, for whatever reason, that team always plays really well the next week. It's a, such a weird phenomenon. Yeah, it's almost like they just needed to get needed to get him out, you know? Needed to get him out, get a win. Go back to being bad. Although the Raiders haven't gone back to being bad yet after they fired their head coach. So no, they that's interesting. Uh I'm gonna go Bucks here. I think the Bucks I think the Bucks win. I actually think they cover too. I think they get I think they win by six. I don't think that that's that big of a number to beat the worst team in the league by. I'm taking the Bucks, but I think they win by a field goal if that maybe one. Maybe they tie. Ooh. They both these teams deserve to tie. Wow. Okay. Um, the Cleveland Browns are at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are three and a half point home favorites. Yeah, I think that this line needs to be adjusted because I think that the Rams win by a touchdown. What do you think? Uh, I I also think the Rams are going to win this game by a decent amount. Uh, it seems like they're playing a bit better now. Probably has a lot to do with Matt Stafford being healthy and Cooper Cup and Pukunakua being on the field at the same time. But at any time, given Stafford's track record, this could very easily 
Yeah, oh yeah, Kyron Williams, duh. Uh, could be this very easily could become and very quickly become a Carson Wentz led team. So, uh, but I'm still going to go Rams here. You would like that, right? If uh, Carson Wentz came in and just was an absolute monster, I would love that. I I still am a big fan of Carson Wentz's. I'm not nearly as beaten up about his departure as I used to be, but I'm still a big fan of his. Um, all right. So, so we're both on the Bucks there. Or I'm sorry, we're both on the Rams there. We we're both on the Bucks before, right? I'm trying to keep mental notes. Yes, we both picked the Bucks. We both picked the Rams. Okay. Now we're moving on. I to, can send you oh, a no, picture of the, the, of the sheet after. That'd be sick, dude. Um, no, I thought that this was the Sunday night game. What are they doing? They messed this one up big time. Um, so I saw on Twitter that the reason for this is because Philly and because they can you can flex this game. It's the four twenty five. Um, yeah, they're not. They going could have flexed they this game already, right? No, yeah, they can't now. But I'm, so I'm saying the reason they didn't is because both San Fran and Philly have already had. They've already reached their maximum amount of uh, primetime games. At this point in the season, they've already uh, hit their primetime quota. No, based on what they've already they already have scheduled for the rest of the season, oh, okay. they can't add another one to primetime without flexing out of one of the other. So, like Philly and Dallas is, I think it's primetime next week. Maybe not. Can't remember. Gotcha. And if and it is obviously, if it is not. Um, if Philly Dallas is not primetime next week and this one is also not primetime, then it's because Philly is maxed out on primetime games this year. Yeah, that's crazy. I, the most you can have is six, right? Because I think the Jets have six. Uh, maybe. Uh, the, the first, I'm trying to think, the Philly had, they had so many, like, yeah, it's been a lot. It's Thursday night games count though, right? It's prime time. Yep. Yeah, but I think every team gets a yeah. Thursday night, right? Is that how that works now? I'm not sure. I just know that they had one. What was who did we play in week one? Oh no, that was we played the Patriots one o'clock in week one. But you had the Vikings uh, week two, right? Thursday. Yeah, that one was prime time. Then we had Tampa Bay in prime time. And then we had, oh god, that was one that you guys uh, could have skipped. Not like the yeah, Eagles for didn't sure. have to well, go, but like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like you guys, yeah. But at the time, the Bucks were undefeated. True, but I'm Both saying like going into that game was played. <laughs> true, but but I'm saying like going into that season, you would have never thought that that would have been a, a a like a prime time game over you know Philly 49ers. Um. Like what no, was the I, I don't know why that game was ever. That's weird. Um, I yeah, dude, I actually have no idea why that one was prime time. Um, yeah, Philly's only had five prime time games right now, so they have they have they are can have another one. Gotcha. Philly, Minnesota, gotcha, Philly, Tampa gotcha. Bay, Philly, Miami. Philly, Kansas City, Philly, Buffalo. Yeah. No, that checks out. But then you said the Cowboys one is um, next week, right? Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that that one's prime time, but I'm gonna check. 
to see because Philly has Seattle after that, and then they have the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants to close out the season. Oh, okay. So there's nobody really else after that that would be because you don't want to watch. Well, I mean, you might, but nobody else wants to watch Eagles Giants primetime. No, yeah. So next week's Eagles Cowboys game is primetime. It's the Sunday night game. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like the NFC East lives on Sunday night. So, yeah. I mean, usually, I think last year was both Cowboys Eagles games were primetime. One of them was Christmas Eve. Was it? Yeah. Christmas that was, Eve? The, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. I remember that. The Gardner Minshew game. All right. Anyway, Eagles 49ers. This is my third and final lock. I'm locking the Eagles to beat the 49ers. This is my best chance at all of the rest of the underdogs. So this is strategically um, my lock here. Also, I just think that they should probably be favorites anyway. So I'm just trying to be smart about picking my locks. And, uh, and what do you got, buddy? I um I am with you. I also think that Philly should probably have been the favorite here. Or been the mm-hmm. like this line should probably just be opposite, like Philly two and a half points and not San Francisco. Um given what I've seen from Philly in the first half of these games, um, and what we've talked about before with just sort of like San Francisco wanting this game more, uh, I will give the nod to San Francisco here. Um, this is a very strategic okay. trap thing I'm doing. I have, I have already made my, my bet for the week. I've already made my Niners slip for the week where I will win the, money. The Niners Niners money line and uh Debo rushing touchdown and all that, all that kind of stuff. You're so close. You're so close. Uh, <laughs> I took the Niners. I, I took the Niners to cover. I have Debo as anytime scorer. I have Purdy over one and a half passing touchdowns and I have uh Niners to cover one and a half points spread in the first half. All right. I think that that's a pretty solid bet actually. Cause I can see the Niners. I can see the Niners be like winning this game, like 10 to seven at halftime or like yeah. even like, like three, nothing first quarter. Cause like you said, Philly gets out off to a uh, slow start quite a bit. Yeah. And I'm not even confident that Philly's not going to win this game. I just, I feel like I'm trying to be smart about it while also trying to like do my normal Trav thing. But yeah, I, I, if I weren't an Eagles fan, I don't know how I would pick this game. I feel like it would be very difficult. It is hard. Um, I think the teams are kind of a toss up, but to me, whenever there's a toss up and I'm like, man, who I can't even pick who would win much less the points. So whenever it's like that, I just pick whoever has the points. Cause I'm like, I'm already winning. The game hasn't yeah. even started yet. <laughs> I'm already um, All right, uh, Sunday night. That's a that's a great way to look at it. I I honestly, in all of the time I've been betting, have never ever looked at it that way. Like, just take the point, <laughs> the team getting the points, and you're already winning when a game starts. Yeah, true story. I love that. I literally I envision that. it that way. Whenever it's like, whenever I um, pick these. Uh, I always look at it like, okay, so the Dolphins are minus nine and a half. So I'm like, okay, so essentially what you're telling me is right at kickoff, commanders have nine and a half points on the scoreboard. That's exactly <laughs> how I envision it in my brain. 
Yeah. That's how my brain works. Uh, I don't know if it's broken or if I, it's advanced, but <laughs> well, we have we have very simpler simpler. We have very similar uh processing also true. uh t- t- techniques. And now that is the only way I'm gonna look at games when I see a team as <laughs> the underdog. Like it's just I I feel like you did one of those like glass shattering moments from my mind. I've never looked at it that way, and now it's all that's the only way I'm gonna look at it. Yep. Yeah, they always say like it's zero zero. No, man, it's uh Bengals have eight and a half right now at kickoff. So good yeah. good luck. Good luck, Jaguars. And we're we're both you dig yourself out of that. We're both hole. being um <laughs> we're both being uh, bros right now, really, because our locks are Cardinals and Broncos. We have that in common. And then you lock the Eagles and I lock the Jets. I actually forgot that you locked the Jets after I locked the Eagles. That's kind of funny. That's kind yeah. of funny. All right. Well, so I mean, we have all good vibes so far. I mean, we got off to a rocky start there talking about the, the Jets, but that's going to happen. Uh, we have the Sunday night game that we have to have to call. So what do you what do you think is going to happen here? We have the Chiefs at the Packers. The Chiefs are six and a half point road favorites. Uh, yes. I'm going to take Kansas City here to win, and I'm going to take them to cover. Okay. Um, same. Actually, taking them to win and cover. Packers have been playing a lot better. It's just, I don't know, dude. Chiefs just find a way. You know what I mean? And when I think, again, when I think about like trying to predict this score, could I see the Chiefs winning this game by a touchdown? Yeah, pretty easily. 24 17 wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. And when this game starts, the Packers will already have six and a half points. That's just how I'm going to see it now. Uh, Congratulations, man. You've evolved as as a human. (laughs) Cincinnati Bengals are at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags are eight and a half point home favorites. I think the Jags win this game, but I actually have the Bengals covering. Um. I agree. I think I think the Jags pull it out. I think Browning's not that guy, but I think that the offense is going to start to mesh a little bit. He's been there. I think this is his second or third year in Cincinnati, so he's not unfamiliar with any of these players. Um I think the I think the Bengals keep it generally close. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Um I got to I got to be honest with you, man. I've been playing a little bit of Fortnite here while I've been while I've been uh, recording, I know sometimes you do that with like Madden, right? You'll play Madden while we record sometimes. Um, I just I killed a guy. I just never, killed a guy. I've, I've... Go ahead. I, I've, I've never, I've never played a video game while we were recording. I've always been laser focused on just you. All my tangents always been on you. That's, and that's a show. lie. I've never, that's a lie. That's, yeah, that's lie. a lie. That's a flat out lie. I would uh, say since we have uh, recorded both of us remotely, um, I would say one third of the shows we do, I'm probably also doing something else. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, anyway, what I was saying was is that uh, I killed a guy on Fortnite and his name was Do Your Dishes. I just felt like that was a hilarious <laughs> name. Like, I don't know if that's oh, just a man. PSA or... 
<laughs> don't know. Just do your dishes. What's this guy's name? Also, I got to tell you, too, I was playing Fortnite uh, a few weeks ago and um, ran into a guy. Ran into a guy. His name was uh, Brax Barrios for MVP. Wow. Which I just thought was way too funny. Because I can't even comprehend funny. how there would be that big of a Braxton Barrios fan. That he would actually name his Fortnite <laughs> character after him. I'm kind of slaying out right now. I'm not going to lie. I got, I, I, I got eight kills right now. So just hanging out. Damn. In Salt and Springs. I, um, yeah. no big deal. I don't, I, I've only played Fortnite like once or twice in my life, but I've seen so many clips of like this insane rivalry slash vendetta that Tyreek Hill has against these dudes in banana suits. And I think it's one of the funniest video game things I've seen. It is really funny, actually. Sauce Gardner and uh, Tyreek Hill played Fortnite together after um, after the Black Friday game last week. Oh, that's cool. I, cool. I just think it's hysterical that that Tyreek Hill constantly is getting sh- uh, stream sniped by dudes in banana suits. I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> it is hilarious. Um. <laughs> I think the banana suit is just like a big meme for Fortnite. So it's, it's I don't know, it's a good time. I, I was playing Fortnite with my daughter and she recommends that I always wear the the banana skin. So I do. Because she thinks it's hilarious. And also he's in a tuxedo, so why wouldn't I? Anyway, enough Fortnite. <laughs> All right, man. Um I don't know. I felt like I felt like we did we did uh this week. Uh, justice. I, I do want to say that in our in our fantasy league, we have some pretty interesting matchups this week. Uh, you're going against your brother. Uh, both of you still trying to hop into the playoffs here. Uh, yep. I'm going against my brother. Uh, both of us are a lock for playoffs. I think virtually a lock, not mathematically a lock. Virtually a lock for playoffs. However, we are um, in the same division and we're fighting for the division championship. Uh, essentially, whoever wins this game is the division winner. And that, that's pretty huge for me because I've never won the division since we uh, did the whole realignment. Oh, wow. Uh, when we switched to 16 teams and so the keeper league and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm very excited to have that um, potential. Uh, this will be the first time I win money back in this league, <laughs> if that's the case, because my team cannot get a weekly high no matter what happens. Uh, I can score 151 points. That's That's one point per original Pokemon, by the way. And then uh, Papa Murph will still um, somehow outscore me by 30. Uh, so it'll be... Uh, it'll be... Oh, you know what's funny? I was going to say uh, Hell Will Freeze Over by the next time I get a weekly high. And that just happened to remind me of the fact that CM Punk is back in the WWE. And we haven't talked wrestling news in a while. So I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on CM Punk back in WWE. Um, I think it is... It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I will be at Raw this next Monday. Me and RJ are going. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even realize Raw was in Albany. Yeah. Uh, we will be there. I don't imagine he's going to wrestle, but he'll probably talk, and that's cool. Um, it's I think a, he's it, a better talker than wrestler. Is that fair to say? He definitely is now. And I I would say that was it's probably always been the case. That's how good he's, he was considering – or that's how good he was on the microphone considering how good he was in the ring. Um. It's very polarizing, though, him being back because he can his presence is very toxic to locker rooms. So yeah. 
I've not already sure. heard some rumors that I don't know if they're true or not, but um, I've heard some rumors already. Well, Seth Rollins real life does not like CM Punk. They have real life beef. Uh, and there was videos that surfaced after Survivor Series of Rollins screaming like, fuck you to him on the ramp. But whenever the one thing I always tell people who are like ask about that kind of thing is whenever you see something that was caught by a WWE camera, you can assume that it was meant to be caught on a WWE camera. They don't yeah, just those guys are really professional about like, um, you know, out of the ring beefs and stuff like that, too. They know like that, that it's going to be eaten up by all the fans and stuff like that, too. So it, it's almost like sometimes when the, they're, they know that they don't like each other, it almost works out uh, better. Like they yeah. know that they can work together in that aspect and, and make it a, a good rivalry. Although I don't know. Do you, do you think that's going to be like the first uh, storyline for Punk? coming in do you think it's going to be a rollins uh punk type of rivalry or do you think well, well okay i'll just ask you that question first uh th- it's going to be a thing for sure um and and i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to guess one way or another until like when i saw how rollins reacted after survivor series i i wasn't sure i, I just kept thinking to myself like if this is real which it can't be because it was caught by wwe cameras but if it were real then they'll never be anywhere close to each other if that were a real reaction. Uh, however, if he meant if he also if he doesn't like punk and also he did that to for the cameras, then this is going to be a thing and they're going to make it a huge thing. It'll be a WrestleMania uh, uh, spot. But also, well, I needed to hear what Punk said on Monday, and he did a lot of like you know I'm I'm so glad to be back. This is where I've always belonged. And a wise man once told me that in order to get the most out of this place, I'd have to leave it and come back. He's like, and everybody was has been great in the locker room, and everybody's really welcoming back with open arms. And then he looked in the camera and smirked and was like, "Well, not not quite everybody." Yeah, obviously nodding to Seth Rollins, but doing that just confirms that they're going to make this a thing. Otherwise, they wouldn't address it if it were a real backstage issue they already had. You know what I mean? They wouldn't even be making it a thing. Right. He also, I think this is going to play off of uh, the whole Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels thing where everybody knows there's, you know, there's backstage beef, but at the same time, they're professionals and they're going to work together to make, make themselves and the company as much money as they can with that information. I will say though, that punk did do, cause CM Punk does this. He did do a thing I don't think was scripted on Monday, uh, which is he made the little smirk to the camera about Seth Rollins said almost everybody was happy to see me. And then he said something about, you know, the reason that some people might not be happy about me being here is because they're scared, scared that I just raised the bar to a place they'll never be able to obtain, scared that I can do this. I'm this good on the microphone and in this ring and and scared that I can do all that better than them. And then he went over and he pointed to the commentator's booth and said, I can commentate better than you can. And he was that was a clear shot at Corey Graves, who also has been very verbal about how he does not like CM Punk. And oh, okay. Corey, that wasn't the moment I thought you were going to talk about. But okay, that makes sense too. But Corey, yeah, he also doesn't like... that. Corey Graves and CM Punk don't like each other. And I don't think that one was scripted. I think he, he took a shot at Corey Graves because Graves didn't say anything. Who was on commentate... Uh, he was on commentating that night and he didn't respond at all live. He didn't say a word. He just let him say that, which made me feel like that was not supposed to happen. And Graves is probably not thrilled. Graves was probably just taking the high road there and just yeah. not saying anything. Vince also may have been in his ear, been like, 
don't say anything. Don't. No, Vince isn't there. Vince is not allowed to be there anymore. Is he not? Well, it's not that he's not allowed. He has been completely ousted. He is no longer there. Well, that's good. That that merger with uh, that parent company that owns UFC. I'm forgetting their name now. Yeah, uh, I thought he was still back. No, he so he was back, and then they had this whole long meeting where they rearranged things and they they appointed people to new positions. And Triple H is he is fully in charge. This is his show. Vince McMahon, he Vince McMahon it will be there sometimes, mm-hmm. and he'll call he'll call and try to make like certain changes, but under no circumstances triple h under his authority he doesn't have to do anything that vince wants anymore and he won't well, punk would not be there if vince mcmahon was in charge well you know what's weird is i actually thought it would more have been maybe the opposite because i just heard so many rumors of triple h and uh cm punk not getting along and never liking each other so i thought that that was more of a uh more of a hurdle to jump over than than cm punk and vince mcmahon no, they they do not they they don't like each other. They still don't really like each other. But Triple H reached out to CM Punk, or at least that's how I read it happened. He reached out to him, uh, and they had a very long conversation like um, a while back. And they weren't going to come to terms on a deal. They couldn't quite iron out everything. And then because there were rumors that he was coming back, and then last week, like I think he said Wednesday or Thursday before Survivor Series. We had a super long phone conversation together, and then by like Friday, he signed a multi-year deal. And then on Sunday, they told the locker room that he was coming back. Yeah, that's insane. Or not Sunday, Saturday. The the pay per view was on Saturday. Yeah. No, that's crazy though. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, so my follow-up question to uh, I guess CM Punk's plans uh, and, and you predicting them. Um. Do you think that the man still suited to take the belt off of Roman is still going to be Cody? Or do you think that they're going to go with uh, Phil now? No, I won't be CM Punk. I I think the plan is. uh, It's always felt like Cody, right? I think CM Punk is going to win the Royal Rumble. And then he's going to challenge Seth Rollins for his title instead of Roman Reigns. And then I think Cody Rhodes is going to go after Roman Reigns at WrestleMania again. But I think that Cody Rhodes is going to lose again. Oh, God. Um, I, just I actually see a title change. Well, the one you'll see is Punk will beat Rollins. See, uh, um, or uh, Cody Rhodes. That that is supposed to happen again. That match is supposed to happen again. But I think the plan is not for Reigns to lose that belt. I think if the plan is for Reigns to just retire with it, and then they'll just have a tournament or something for it. Retire with it? How much longer has he got left? Yeah, he's not gonna. He's almost done. There's been a lot of rumor about his career winding down. Really? Yeah. What, I mean, he's, he's got like another year or two. Maybe that he's been. Which he's is had, probably what six matches for him. Yeah. But yeah. If that. He's been on the Brock Lesnar schedule for a while now, and um, yeah. and he's been in remission for a while. But I just think he's—I uh, think it might—it just must be getting more and more difficult to stay in great shape for him. So I think he's—but he every time he comes out, he looks phenomenal. So I don't know if, if that if there's any truth to that, or I don't know what the cause is, and I don't even really know that it's cancer related. So, but. He the rumor is that he is looking to wind his career down here very soon. 
and and so I don't imagine a world where they're planning on taking the belt off him. I think he's going to have it until he's until he just leaves. That's kind of crazy. You don't think they'll yeah. you don't think they'll do the whole like he loses the belt his last match to somebody to kind of like pass the torch type of deal. Like a retirement match, uh, he he loses it to Cody or somebody. You would think so, man, but I don't I don't know. I think that they don't have a good way for he's held he, he's been so dominant and held his title for so long that mm-hmm. I just don't think they have a good way to to take it off of him now. They've sort of booked themselves into a corner. They don't they don't have a way to take it off him that matches the energy of the title reign. Like it's gonna well, have that's to be why I didn't understand why did, why Cody didn't beat him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he probably should have because it was too predictable. That's why they didn't do it. It was the same reason why Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker to end the streak. It was like it was too predictable for Undertaker to win his twenty seventh or twenty eighth straight WrestleMania match. Well, yeah, I get that, but I don't know. I also I, I sort of feel like they're doing the same thing WCW did back in the day with Goldberg, where they, it got to the point where he's literally beaten everybody in the company, you know other than Cody, but multiple times at this point. So it's like, who's going to beat him? So then they have to do some kind of like schmaz deal where Scott Hall tasers him, tasers Goldberg in the middle of the ring. And then Kevin Nash power bombs him and takes the belt. And uh, so everybody was kind of like, Oh God, like, so Kevin Nash ends up beating him with like a taser. But like they kind of had to do something like that because nobody else was beating them straight up. <laughs> so it had to be something weird. The only saving grace, man, that I can really think of for this whole thing is that this title reign started and has the bulk of it ha- has been at the command of Vince McMahon. And Triple H is so much better at this than he is mm-hmm. that I have confidence that Triple H will do the right thing, whatever that thing is. I hope... I hope Kevin Nash comes in and beats him with a taser. Uh, Kevin Nash did just <laughs> sign a deal with WWE, so be very careful what you wish for. <laughs> One of those legacy deals, right? Or legends deals or whatever the, they're called. The like horrifying part is they didn't they, it doesn't specify. It just says like sign two, a deal. They usually do like two uh two dates or something like that. One of them's like a like he'll come in as diesel for the Royal Rumble or something. Those are very temporary um contracts i signed i actually think his contract is more of a um uh an nxt based role where he'll be some sort of trainer or coach of some kind like Shawn michaels was but now Shawn michaels is like essentially running nxt i was gonna say he's more of a not producer but more of like a director down there right yeah he but he started off as like random trainer coach in nxt and now Shawn michaels is essentially taking that over for triple h yeah him and road dog right were the were the coaches there Yep, I know. I know that because of the video game that I never played, but I watched a lot of people play. <laughs> yeah, Sean. Well, for the most part, I'm pretty sure Triple H still books it. Like he still makes the shows, but everything is ran by Shawn Michaels now. I'm pretty sure in NXT. It's so cool to see that, and, and we're getting off topic here because this was just meant to be like a CM Punk aside. But um, it's so cool to, as somebody that watched Shawn Michaels like my entire childhood and just seeing like in retrospect too, like what kind of like a jerk he was to everybody else and how he wasn't like the easiest guy to work with and that kind of thing. It's so cool to see how his character is completely changed. And now he is a big part of like giving back to the business and giving back to 
like the youth of the sport and stuff like that it's cool to see that you know character arc for him as a person yeah it it i think it's awesome to see these guys just like these legends that we watch just like be a part of ushering in the next group without taking some of the spotlight which is something guys have done for so long like how long has rick flair just hogged spotlight oh my god dude can and, i talk about like if you're talking about like most and i don't know i don't know if Gaz listens to the whole episode or anything like that anymore but um I know Gaz was a huge Ric Flair fan, and to me, Ric, Ric Flair's always been one of the most overrated wrestlers ever, in my opinion. Yeah, I, the only reason he is even considered this sort of Mount Rushmore person as he is is because he's done it for seventy years, which obviously is an exaggeration. But is it though? <laughs> I mean, he, I think he's only eighty, right? Eighty something, maybe. So, I mean, uh, the only eighty-six. The, the only reason he's even on that status is because he's done it twice as long as the next closest person so I, I and he's and he's won a bunch of titles and all kinds of different promotions things that weren't even on tv back when he started i don't yeah. think he i don't know i i think his daughter is wildly more impressive than he's ever been yeah i mean they've they've both been be- better than his son david flair is that's <laughs> for sure that that boy did not know what to do in a wrestling ring um but the wrestling world did get tory wilson because of him so i guess that's good um okay uh <laughs> quickly just because we're on wrestling really quick let's just what's your mount rushmore for wrestling um the rock stone cold triple h the undertaker triple h is a weird one not weird but like i feel like you don't hear triple h on there a lot I think he's totally deserving, but I just feel like you don't hear him a lot. I think the rock and stone cold are cemented in everybody's those two. It's always like, it's always those two. Uh, usually Hulk Hogan's on there. I don't love putting Hulk Hogan on there. Cause I don't think he's that great of a wrestler to be honest. Um, but it's also like, what are you ranking? There's so many different things you can rank because the rock and, the, and stone cold are far from like the best wrestlers that have ever graced the ring yeah. for what it's worth. Like Eddie Guerrero, uh, uh, Chris Benoit for I mean he was an awful person obviously but he yeah. he was one of the better wrestlers that ever wrestled. Yeah. Uh, Sean Sean Michaels is probably down this probably goes down as like one of the best performers. Bret Hart's one of the best wrestlers ever. Um, I think Undertaker you could probably argue is like the best character of all time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, for me the 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 criteria without trying to like make it too long a list is really just who has had like for me the biggest impact on wrestling and if i consider when i was a kid and up until like right now triple h is that makes that list for me because he was he's he's up there for most reign title reigns in history anyway but also because he was always so good at going back and forth between face and heel and then if you add on what he currently is doing for wrestling now, uh, I think I think for me, he's an easy he's an easy choice. He is uh, iconic as as just a, a wrestling person personality at this point. Yeah. And I think all that makes sense. I think uh, if you were to go just like by influence, um, I don't know, I guess because you could also describe that in many different ways. Um to me it's like most like what are the top four wrestlers that like people that don't even know wrestling would know i think it would be like stone cold the rock john cena hulk hogan 
Yeah. To be honest with you, dude, John Cena probably belongs on there. Like, even if I yeah. don't want him on there, he probably belongs in everybody's. On Do you not want him on there? You think? I think that he, a lot of his success was was handed to him because he looked the part by Vince McMahon. And then Vince McMahon just sort of fell face first into an actual really great icon in wrestling. I don't think, I, I feel like Vince just sort of lucked his way into John Cena's actually being an iconic wrestler because the only reason he got to where he was to begin with is because he looked a certain part. He was not amazing on the microphone. He was not the best wrestler. The guy, like one of his biggest tropes is that he had the five moves of doom, which is never a good thing. It means you do the same five moves over and over again. Yeah. Um, I do think, because I always thought the same thing about John Cena. I always thought, I was like, what? So what? He's just like, he's just got this look, right? Like he's not, he's not the rock on the microphone until you hear him. Yeah. against the rock on the microphone and you're and like he's oh, better he's, he was better he's than very, he's very very good on the microphone that's crazy i did not yeah. know he was that good you know who's gonna but when it's all said and done you know who's gonna also belong on there is randy orton you think yeah he's, he's first of all, he's already got 14 title reigns and not that that ever really matters but it should in this case because of how of how and when they happened and mm-hmm. if you if you sort of combine those things with like the different skill sets we talked about as far as being a good wrestler. Randy Orton is wildly underrated for being a very good wrestler. Like he is never considered among the best ever. And he totally is. And you hear him cut certain promos and you're like, has Randy Orton always been this good on the microphone? And, and the answer is yes. Uh, like when it's all said and done, like in, like in 60 years, you're going to look back on all the best wrestlers of all time. And John Cena will have to be on that list. And the reality is the Rock and Stone Cold will be on this list 10,000 years from now. That's just how far that they will have reached. And then you're going to have guys like Randy Orton are going to snuck in there because they're going to outshine these these super old heads who were just the beginning of wrestling. Like, that's really what Ric Flair is. You're like, you're there because you were like one of the first actual real entertainment wrestlers of all time because you've been around the mid 1900s part of it's a generational thing i'm sure i'm sure uh wrestling fans in their 50s and 60s would be like oh bruno san, Mar- san martino has to be on that list or you know what i mean like yeah i i don't know i think i think it's impossible to just name four guys and expect everyone to agree you know what i mean i think i think even just saying that the rock and stone cold have to be on everybody's list is probably a bit of a farce i don't think that's necessarily true um Although, in my opinion, it should be, but again, yeah. generational thing. Uh, those two wrestlers are what got me into wrestling. So, yeah. Um, and it, it also feels weird to leave a guy like Sting out, who is just, who's literally called the icon. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the beauty of wrestling, though. It's like you can, anybody can, depending on when you watch it and what you grew up watching, uh, some people watch a lot more WCW than WWE and vice versa. And, Mm-hmm. Some people are going to have a lot more WCW guys and WWE guys, which is silly because a lot of times they're the same guys. Um, but like Undertaker was asked about his Mount Rushmore. I saw and, that. And like Andre the Giant is on his. Yeah, he said like, Andre we, the Giant, Stone Cold, um, Ric Flair. Yeah, I hate that one. I hate, hate Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah. Who else did he say? Who was the fourth guy? It, oh, uh, Hulk Hogan. But he said like begrudgingly. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't. He's like, uh, ah, like I wouldn't really want to put him there, but I get it. 
I don't remember. I just remember thinking the one, the one that he said, uh, Andre the Giant, was like one that's not always on everybody's list, but is like a really good one. Yep. And he so, said that one was like that one was for sure. That was the first one he said. Yeah. But I think Andre was also really personal to him because he like looked up to him and stuff like that. Literally, yeah. Well, come on, buddy. He's a tall guy. He's the tallest guy. <laughs> he was a pretty, pretty tall guy. No, uh, what's his name? Um, was taller, right? Uh, great Kali. Uh, yeah, I think so. What a disaster he was. That guy was world champion at one point. The great Kali. He can't even walk. He can't walk. He can't, he can't even walk. <laughs> uh what's the uh what's the bodyguard's name again what's bodyguard yeah the dude was it aj styles's bodyguard is that who it was oh yeah um what was his name omas omas yeah 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 because everybody like the whole internet was joking around saying like if vince mcmahon gets to run things again it's going to be like an omas versus omas versus omas triple threat for the world title next year yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just, she just loves the giant. This is the biggest dudes possible. Vince McMahon right now looks like if Adolf Hitler were still alive and was trying to disguise himself as like a wrestling promoter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I don't know what's going on with that guy. Um, this, this weird villain mustache he has. I can't believe nobody has told him that's not a good look. I, I'm sure people have. And he's like, I'm Vince McMahon. I, I literally I literally built the world of wrestling. Like you can't tell me what's good and what's not good. He, Which is insane because he's he's just so good. he's just so Al Davis about everything. I can't talk I can't even talk to him anymore. I, think, I honestly think he's worse than that. I think he's worse than Al Davis. Yeah. He yeah, was he's, he's, he's been a disaster, wild. dude. The idea that like this parent company that owns USC and WWE now had to step in and be like, we're just gonna let Triple H or Paul run it. Yeah, can just Paul do everything? We're just gonna let him do it. He does a really great job. And like now that he has been in charge, man, like AEW is falling apart at the seams and WWE is thriving. Like that's not a coincidence. No. I mean that started to happen a little bit when you took charge the first time. Yeah, like it's really sad. It was it was very evident from literal like show to next show. You were like, oh, this is Triple H took over. That's awesome. Yeah, you could tell. That's how sad it is. You could tell when Vince McMahon is booked to show. Yeah, it's crazy. And then when things start really well, and then it ends, and you're like, what the hell was that? That's because Vince McMahon chain made changes midway through the show, and it's been a thing that's been reported before that he just comes in mid show and is like, no, we're gonna do this instead. And the show ends. You're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like as long as everybody else knows. But that's yeah, what happened. That's fucking wild. Crazy. All right, man. I think that's a good place to end it. We we got some we got some wrestling in there uh, at the end of our football show. So that's a good one. Um, hopefully we'll be back next week, uh, schedule allowing. Um, I can't wait to talk about the Jets losing to the Falcons by fourteen and officially being eliminated from playoff contention. That'll know, be a man. good time. I locked them, so we're they're gonna win. I'm even more nervous now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but all right, man. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a good place to end it. Uh, if you guys listen for the entire um, hour and a half or so, appreciate it. And uh, take care until next week. See you later. Later, babes.